neighbor say he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy you can grab a seat in God's house this morning we just want to say welcome my name is Will Caesar for those of you I haven't met and I'm the youth pastor here and uh, for our first-time guests we just want to say welcome can we get up for our first-time guests this morning whether that's in person or online we are so glad that you're here with us and uh, again one of the things we want to invite you to do is you can text D1 text to 84576 you can pull out your smart device right now you can scan the QR code that's on the screen or you can grab the connect card from the seat pocket in front of you and please fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having and hold on to that card or show us that you filled it out online uh, after service and meet us in our guest reception space that's as you exit these doors to your left and uh, our pastors and some of our leadership team would love to meet you and exchange that for a gift uh, so please uh, fill out that connect card right now uh, Delta first can we welcome our first time guests one more time we're so glad that you're here this morning and uh, I bring you greetings from the great country of Honduras. I'm just kidding. Uh, last week, uh, some students and I, we went on a missions trip. And I just want to update you and tell you that we had an amazing time. We saw so many salvations. A lot of people healed. Uh, lives were truly changed. And it was amazing. So thank you for sending some of your people uh, to the mission field to be able to do kingdom work. It was great. Can you give it up for those students? They led so well. They represented you so well. Uh, today we're celebrating newness, and uh, we got a few things. We're going to celebrate new life uh, with child dedication, and then we're also celebrating new member recognition, those that have completed Grow Track. You can give it up for them, yes. We love adding people to the family, so please, uh, let's, let's, keep, <laughs> let's be excited today about what God is doing. But also I want to say this. Uh, I just want to challenge you, church. Uh, one, a person's here today. This is her second Sunday. Uh, she, she, I met her at the wharf, and she decided to come. And I just want to challenge you and tell you that uh, personal invitation still works. She came up to me today, and she said, actually, I'm here because of you. And I wasn't even here last week to meet her for her first Sunday, but I'm so glad she's here today. So please continue to invite people and to experience 
experience the life change that God, uh, it, the things that God is doing here at Dothan First. Uh, some of the other things we want to keep you updated on is that you can continue to follow us on social media. We have so many things for you to follow us on. Uh, again, even if you're watching online right now, you should share this service. Uh, you can, because people need to hear the gospel message. Today, is, uh, Pastor Mark's preaching a message on the Holy Spirit. It's going to be amazing. So please follow us on our social media platforms. And then last, but certainly not least, uh, we also have some camps coming up for kids and youth. And we are so excited about camps. We believe that these, uh, these weeks during the summer can literally change generations. They can change the heritage and legacy of family. So uh, we want to invite you to participate by partnering with us. And if you're a student here, you're interested in going to kids camp or youth camp, please see pastors Natalie or Lindsay. They will give you all the information that you need. Spots are limited. And I promise you, parent, it is the best week of your student's life. So please, we want you to go to camp. Uh, we want you to experience everything that God has for them. Isn't God good? So can you do me a favor? Can you give it up for our pastors as they come to the platform this morning? Thank you, Pastor Will. All right. Well, well. it is a good day. It's great to see everybody this morning. Hey, as Pastor Will said, we have a lot to celebrate this morning. But yeah. before we get started with our new members, I would like to ask Pastor Hayden and Connor to come here for just a moment right here on the oh, platform. Come on. Come here. I don't know if you noticed that when she sang this morning, I want to praise that she had a little bit more pep in her step <laughs> and she has a little more, more bling on that finger right now. And so congratulations Woo! to her. Come on, give it up for her. They are engaged yeah. to be married. Oh my goodness. We're so proud of you. Look at that. I want y'all to look at that. That's that, you did good. You're the Connor. man You're right the there, man, buddy. Connor. Look at that. That's so, is good awesome. job. Well, give it up for him. We're yeah. so happy and excited we celebrate guys. you guys so today. Excited. It's going to be awesome. Love you guys. Yeah, so today, as I said, this is a day of celebration all day. And uh, you came to the right moment, the right day. And um, I'm so glad for all of our first time guests that are here. I also want to give a quick shout out to our friends seated right here, uh, Barbie and Robert Fadali. This is, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Josh's sister, our children's pastor's sister and her husband. And they served actually uh, in ministry with us in Madison. And uh, so we're so thankful that they're here. Can you give it up for them? We love you guys. Honor that y'all are here. What a great day today, but we're going to celebrate our new members and many of you have been through Grow Track. You know that we want to help you discover your divine design. We believe that each one of you has talents, gifts, and abilities that can be used by God and were placed in your life by God to be used for his purposes. And so when we celebrate membership, it's more than just like the signing on the roll. This for us is partnership partnership to see the kingdom of God developed in each life and then distributed for the benefit of us all in the ministry of serving one another and serving this city well and so we're proud and thankful that each of these completed the grow track said they wanted to be partners with us in ministry here at Dothan First and they are uh, members in family today so we ex we continue to extend our family and our reach today so as Michelle calls your names if you'll do us the favor of just coming forward and you'll be receiving a certificate but if you just stand across the front facing the congregation as your name is called all right here we go Brantley Beckworth Madison Beckworth Anthony Brown Rhiannon Brown 
Kimberly Davis, Sadie Everett, Tyler Everett, Catherine Farmer, Patrick Farmer, Kayla Garcia, Michael Holt, Molly Holt, Jenny Smith, Justin Smith, William Thomas, and Kevin Warren. Give it up for these guys, guys. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love it. Guys, I'm so excited about this. And I'll tell you what, if all of you could just scoot a little bit this way, we'll even everybody out so everybody can see you. But I am so proud and thankful that we get to do life and ministry together. So thankful for each and every one of you and what you mean to us and to this church. We're just so proud that we get to help do work of God, the work of God together. And as we do this, one of the things that you all signed as a point of covenant and connection is to simply say, we're in this together. And so I'm going to simply read that covenant, but in recognition of your completion of the Dothan First Grow Track and your desire to protect the unity, to share the responsibility, to serve the ministry, and support the testimony of God and Dothan First, we're excited to partner with you to see your God-given gifts and ability being used for his kingdom's benefit. So here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. I'm gonna ask these five questions that we went over and grow. And if you'll simply at the end, just all together give an energetic, we will. So here is those that we signed on the dotted line. It was, will you faithfully commit to fulfill the biblical command to love God and to love others? Will you commit to connect to others in the family of God? by regular fellowship? And then would you commit to grow spiritually by regularly attending Dothan First services? Will you commit to serve God by serving others with your time and your talent and your treasure? And will you commit to go and reach the world with the love of Jesus Christ? If so, simply say, we will. Well, would you do me this favor, congregation? Would you stretch your hands out toward these that are about to be prayed for? Kind of as an extension, as though you're kind of putting your hand on their shoulder saying, we're with you in this thing. We're going to pray together right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every member, God, that as you've placed your divine Holy Spirit in each and every one of them, and Lord, you've assigned them to unique tasks and gifts and abilities that you've given them, to serve not just this church, but to serve the world. God, I thank you for them, and I speak blessing over them now in Jesus' name. Lord, we continue to partner with each family to see the work of the ministry done. Lord, not just in their own homes, but Lord, in this world and in the Wiregrass area. God, I thank you for each one of them today. And we say, Lord, have your way in them and through them that they might be able to establish themselves as kingdom followers of Jesus Christ. And I bless each one now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give it up for all these amazing people that God has assigned to our house? We love you guys. And we're so excited about this. You can be seated. And once again, thank you so much. We can't wait to see all that God is going to do through you in the days to come. Bless you guys. Oh, what a great thing. Bless you. Well, today, as we continue to celebrate, we get to celebrate 
a couple of families that uh, many of them grew up here at this church and now we get to help dedicate their children and their family to the Lord in the service of God in their their own home and so we can't wait to celebrate that today that's right so for the first we have Miss Olive Rose Azar and her parents are Thomas and Bethany Azar and she is not happy at all because this is her typical picture uh -huh. if you guys can bring olive up and the whole family come on up her big sister mila mila is three years old and let's just have them come on up give them a hand yeah come on and uh, yes, families, if you would yes. make your way Whatever as well. Family is the tribe, come on up. Yeah, I have to say, I'm slightly disappointed that uh, your golden retriever is not with us yes. here today. She's with us in spirit. She'll be watching online today. <laughs> okay, Hi. next we have Mr. Wyatt Dow Medford and his twin brother Noah Graham Medford, and their parents, Leah and Noah. Medford, come on up, and the many cousins that they have, and sisters, and just such a blessed tribe we have here. Listen to me, family reunions are going to be awesome, right? Get together. So we are so excited about today, and like Pastor Mark said, I think it's just so incredible to have the Azars and the Medfords and everybody and the Jet family together, and the moms of these babies today were dedicated on this stage, and I just think that is incredible and just such a, um, you know, what am I trying to say, the word I'm trying to say, just precious, right? So we're going to start this morning off with Miss Olive. If you can just come on up for, first. Hi, Olive. How are you? Yeah. You know, something about Olive, um, I remember as I was preparing and praying for this, I remember um, her being a little bit early and, and the kind of, not really scare, but a little bit, we don't know what's going to happen. And I remember grandma texting me saying, you got to pray. And we're going to put every time uh, we put a green heart in honor of Olive. And I love that. Not only because green's my favorite color, but because it just means life and flourishing. And she amazed us all and wasn't in the NICU for but a second and came back. She's like, no, I'm back. And I've got things to do here on earth. So, but as you know, Olive's name means peace and walks with God. And you know, olive trees are mentioned throughout scripture. They are used symbolically um, as peace, prosperity, beauty, and the relationship between God and his people. And olive trees, their roots grow really deep. And that surprisingly, they thrive in the desert. I just thought that was so cool. So the scripture that I have this morning over Miss Olive is found in Psalms 52, 8. And it says, but I, I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God forever and ever and ever. And this morning, our prayer over Olive is that her roots of trusting God and walking with him would go deep, making her strong and confident in the Lord as she serves him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Give it up for Miss Olive this morning and, and big sister. So if I could have Leah and Noah come on up here. And so before I start with Wyatt, let me just say this without crying. Your journey has been one. Your journey has been one, and I'm so proud of you both. And not only is this a symbol of double portion blessing, but when I think of your story, I keep hearing the sound of the scriptures. A man's mind plans his ways, but it is the Lord that directs his steps and establishes them in Jesus' name. And there's no doubt in my mind that God has a plan for these two. We're going to start this morning with Mr. Wyatt Dow Medford. Now, which one is he? Okay. All right. Mama knows. Mama knows which one it is. Does he have a name on it? Usually they have a little, little thing. Yeah. So Mr. Wyatt is the oldest one. He came out first and five hours first. Okay. And his name is no doubt, I mean, this makes sense, is immovable and little warrior, right? In 1 John 5, 4, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So this verse reminds us that all of us who love Jesus are already victorious. And as you train Wyatt up in the things of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, throughout every struggle in life, may he have the confidence, may he have the peace knowing that the outcome has already been determined and he is on the winning side because he is little warrior. In Jesus' name, amen. And now we have, I think he's, he, they're both really asleep, right? Oh no, he is awake. Show him off. All right, this is Noah Graham Medford, and they call him Graham, but Noah after dad. And he is the one that came five hours later. I think it was because he was just taking his time. He's like, I'll get there when I get there. And so, but his name means generous. And I just think that's so cool. I love it because generosity is an attribute of our God. He gave his son for us that we could have a life. And every perfect gift comes from him. And the, the scripture over Graham this morning comes out of 2 Peter 1, 3. It says this, his divine power has given us, has given Graham everything that he needs to live a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And may Graham walk this amazing generosity of God out giving of his life, his time, his treasures to encourage those who are around him as he represents the God, uh, the heart of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to, you guys back up again. And we're going to take a moment and dedicate not just these children, but their, the family to the Lord. This is a special moment for this family and uh, the fact that uh, the two of you were dedicated on this stage not too many years ago, not too many years ago, and now we get the opportunity to dedicate your children to the Lord is very precious, very special to us. And I'm going to read this charge to you, uh, to Thomas and Bethany and Noah and Leah. 
And at the end, if you'll give an energetic, we do to each one. Do you now present your children before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring them up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord and encouraging them to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to teach them and train them how to live? If so, say we do. With God's help, do you promise to bless them by modeling the teachings of Jesus, training them in the practice of prayer and helping to guide them toward their development of Christ-like character? If so, say, we do. (laughs) Do you now commit to pray daily for these miracles of life that have been entrusted to you and to guide them so that in the following of your example, they will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. Well, because of your commitment to your children, we're believing blessing will be released. And like Jesus said, when all the little children were coming around and the disciples were trying to push him away, he stopped and he said, no, let the little children come to me. He said, for the kingdom belongs to these. And so family, would you all gather around and put your hands on their shoulders just as a representation of your support of them. And I know family behind you means the world to you guys. I know they mean everything to you. And I know your church family does too. Would you stretch out your hands once again as though you're behind them today? Lord Jesus, we thank you so very much, God, for your willingness, God, to give us these treasures. And Lord, first of all, I thank you so much for for Olive and I speak a blessing, God, over her today. We love her and we speak blessing over her that you would guide her, her very steps Every moment of every day, would you guide her steps? We thank you for her. We speak blessing over her in Jesus' name. God, now for Wyatt and for Graham, God, I speak a strategic blessing over each one of them. God, as they follow your pathway, as they do what you've called them to do, Lord, as both a strong warrior and a generous giver, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ever ask, think, or imagine as they place their dreams and hopes in the palm of your hands. God, today I thank you for them. I speak blessing over their lives. And Lord, as we did in the hospital room, we continue to speak blessing over their future that together they would be a force to be reckoned with for the kingdom of God. And Lord, for their, God, for their parents, each one of them, Lord, I pray that you'd give them sleep. <laughs> I pray you'd give them rest. I pray you'd strengthen them in times of need. And Lord, I pray you'd come alongside of them and hold them in times of challenge, letting them know they're not alone. You are always with them, guiding and leading them. It's in Jesus' name we pray it all. Amen. 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 Oh, we love you guys. Let's take a let's take a group picture, a family picture. Can we do that? All right, everybody gather in real close. Make sure you can be seen. Stick your head up over if you're if you're shorter. We got to make sure. Y'all in it? Everybody in it? The oh, the kids are in it. Come on, get get up here, kids. Come on up here. There we go. All right. Here we go. Ready? All right. Come on, give it up one more time for this family. God bless you guys. We have a couple special gifts that we want to give to you. 
parents, so if you'll just uh, take those from Michelle today. Isn't this fun? I love it. I love it. I love being a family and celebrating together. Well, you already clapped a couple times, but just to keep your hands warm, it's offering time. We get to give unto the Lord. How many grateful God's blessed you? He's been so good and so faithful. I'm going to pray over you and your family, and you can see the five ways to give on the screen. If you need prayer for any reason, please let us know. Some of our elders and prayer partners are now making their way, and if you just make your way toward our stations of prayer, they'll be at the exit sign back here, the exit sign back here, and then up in the balcony over here, just waiting on you for prayer. If you have a need of any kind during these next two songs of worship, you just let them know. Listen, the Bible talks about that if there are any sick among you, go to the elders of the church and have them pray over you. There's other scriptures that talk about uh, that God is a provider. And so if you have a financial need or a relational need or a spiritual need, uh, we want to be there and ready to walk with you in this spiritual journey. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to pray over our time of giving. And uh, of course, if you want giving credit, you can use the giving envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you and then simply turn that in uh, at the giving boxes on the way out today. And we'll just kind of worship on the way out with you today. Let's pray. God, thank you for every good and perfect gift comes from you. And I speak a blessing over this congregation and each one represented that you would do what you said you would do, that you would go before us and you would blaze a trail for us to follow. And now, Lord, I pray, God, would you, in, in ways we never expected, would you bless this congregation, God, with strength and with health and with peace, with financial blessing, but not, Lord, so that we could just uh, hoard the blessing, but rather we would steward the blessing you're providing. It's in Jesus' name we pray it all. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. And would you stand up now? And uh, if you need prayer, you can receive prayer from those prayer partners. But let's sing songs of worship to God. Worship team, would you lead us?
a hundred names of God and it's not because he's a hundred different little gods it's because he's everything we need all wrapped up in the one God so whatever you need him to be for you today he's already that so you can call on him if you need a shepherd if you need a friend if you need a counselor if you need a victorious king he's already that so right now whatever you need him to be just go ahead and begin to call on the name of God
God, we can just trust in you, Father. And we can say, hallelujah, our God is victorious. Hallelujah, our God reigns over our circumstances. Hallelujah, our God has given us victory over our fears and our doubts. Lord, we can place all of our hope and our confidence in you this morning because you are trustworthy and you are good. So we rest in your love today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What happened that day when the Spirit arrived, when the Holy Spirit came? What happened then? It got loud, loud enough to be heard all over town. Fire appeared, divided and dispersed to each of them. The outsiders came running and they heard the fire talkers tell of God's mighty works in their own language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians. The Spirit had come to describe the glory of God in their native tongues through those who followed Christ. These representatives of the world stood astounded but curious, bewildered but ready. Then Peter showed them from the scripture exactly what it meant, revealing God's promise to all who trust in Jesus. And many believed, and many repented, and many were baptized, and many were saved. The Spirit had come. The church was born. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, can you give it up for all of our first-time guests in the house and those watching online for the first time? Come on, give it up for them right now. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Well, go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word, and if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll gladly get a Bible into your hands, but you can also open up your cell phone or tablet PC if you have the YouVersion app of the Bible, and you can follow along with us today in the notes there. But simply say this. Can you repeat after me and say this? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
you look good today. Tell them they look good. I mean, give them a compliment. Tell them they're, I don't know, it looks like they grew some hair or, or they, I don't know, got a new hairdo or something. You can't say that to me, you know, so <laughs> at least tell them if you can't tell me. Hey, listen, today I am so excited to continue into this series that we've been talking about that what happened on the day of Pentecost and, and the, the following days of the birthing of the New Testament church, what a profound and exciting moment that happened 2,000 years ago. But the good news is, is that it extends even to this very day, that every church that names the name of Jesus Christ, regardless of the, you know, the placard or the sign on the outside of the church, Ultimately, if they are representing the name of Jesus Christ and lifting him high and they call God their father, friends, can I just tell you that makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And they were all, every denomination was born out of this one moment on the day of Pentecost. What an exciting moment that we get to celebrate and look back in our spiritual history. But uh, what I noted last week, if you were not here last week, I'd encourage you to go online and check that out on YouTube or Facebook or wherever your social media platform preference is. But uh, when we did a little survey in the room, what we found was that about 40% of you grew up in an Assemblies of God or in a Pentecostal church, but about 60% of you grew up in a, either a non-church background or a different denominational background. So how many understand that could lead to maybe misconceptions or uh, misperceptions about what uh, it means to maybe attend even an Assemblies of God church, let alone a church that might be charismatic or Pentecostal and have maybe a different way of reading the word of God and its text. And so as we talk through these details, I want you to understand, I realize we all may come from different backgrounds or educational experiences biblically, but we all want to stand on the same foundation of the truth of God's word because God's word is our foundation it's the foundation for not only our just our Christian experience but it's the foundation of the truth the truth that we stand upon and build our lives upon and so here at Dothan first we want you to experience everything God's got for you as a matter of fact uh, that's why we go into a little more depth of this when we uh, have the grow track because we want to talk about the different facets, the, about 26 different facets of the spiritual gifts that are laid out in, in the, the, the Bible. And so as we go through those things, we're, we're not going to do much in the way of review. I'm not going to re-preach the message from last week. Uh, but I answered a ton of questions last week. And hopefully that get, got everybody sort of on the same page. But in quick review, I'll just let you know. We're not given the Holy Spirit or His gifts because of our natural talents, our education, our ability, or some reward for an achievement that you've accomplished spiritually. It's not because you're super spiritual or that you're loved more by God to receive a, a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. It's just not that way. And sometimes I think we've built this uh, spiritual superiority or hierarchy, spiritual hierarchy when it comes to the kingdom of God. Like, I have this gift, and no, well, I have this gift. Which is the greater gift? Friends, God gifts each one of us as He so chooses. The gifts are unearned and they're given by the will of God for our good and for the benefit of the whole body of Christ. 
So what does the Holy Spirit provide? We talked about this last week. He provides wisdom and comfort and counsel and guidance and conviction and truth. He, he represents Jesus and reveals Jesus to us. He's not just the gift. He's also a gift giver. He's the paraclete. He comes alongside us in our spiritual walk. And the Holy Spirit came to reveal the scriptures to us. He came to give us power, to empower us, to give us both the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, and they have to be balanced within each other. For the gifts are given for a short time, but, but the fruit is something that is in us and is cultivated and takes time to develop. That's why I would say that those that operate in a spiritual gift, as wonderful as that is, it does not prove your spiritual superiority or your spiritual maturity because it's a gift given. It would be similar to this. Have you ever seen a 16-year-old kid and maybe his mom or dad gives them the keys to the car after they receive their driver's license? And you see this 16-year-old kid who has earned nothing other than passing a test. Right? He didn't earn the right to have that car. He didn't buy the car. He's not making the payments on the car. He didn't buy the gasoline in the car. He hasn't made an oil change for that car. He doesn't own the car. The, the title is not in his name. And yet, that kid, as you see him for the first time, he's leaning back. He's got his hand over the wheel. He's pumping up the tunes. He is thumping with his head. And he acts like he owns the car. But he doesn't own the car. The car belongs to his father. But he was given it for a short time to have access to it. And so too are the gifts. They're given to us by the father and they are accessible to all. And yet they are given by the will of God in his perfect timing for his will and pleasure. God's pleasure. And for the, truly for the edification of the body of Christ. But the fruit of the Spirit, which comes only as a result of relationship with the Holy Spirit as a believer in Christ. I've said this many times, that, uh, the, that our children are the fruit of the intimacy of Michelle and I. So it's out of the love relationship that we share that we now have children. And so too it is with the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit that it takes time to cultivate that fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things do not operate naturally at times in our lives. It requires the Holy Spirit to come in and change some things. How many know self-control is not a fun one? Patience is not a fun one to have. It's, it's in times of crisis and impatience when we need the Holy Spirit's help. It's in times of crisis when we want to be controlling and get our hands on something and we have to release and say, I'm going to operate in self-control. I'm not going to flip out when somebody flips me off <laughs> driving down the road. Are you following this? There are natural inclinations that all of us have toward those things that are selfish and self-motivated. But when we have the Holy Spirit, he, he helps us cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I know there's a lot of different backgrounds here, and so uh, I've done Google search on gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, the different things about Holy Spirit. I can just tell you there's a lot of misconceptions. Friends, do not go just to Google to find out your information. Go directly to the Word of God to find out your information. I'm just telling you, 
Because people misperceive, misunderstand, or misquote the word of God. They don't understand Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic or the translations or who it was written to or who it was written by, what it was written for, the context of the, of the culture of that day. There's so much misunderstanding. And so that's why it's important to go right back to the word of God to see what it has to say. But I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Okay. He is God, God in three persons, God the Holy Spirit. He's not a freak out tactic by the Pentecostals to, to scare the Baptists, right? He, that's not, and by the way, the, the, we have not as Pentecostals, we have not like cornered the market on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Let me just tell you, the Holy Spirit is, is not just for some radical believers. He's for all of us and he works in all of us. He's not an excuse. The Holy Spirit is not an excuse to get in your flesh and be out of order in a service. That's that's not why he came to this earth and and now lives within us and resides within us. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about that the prophecy is subject to the prophet, meaning that we have self-control. We have the ability within the order and structure and the protocols of a particular service so that all can hear the word of God. But listen, friends, he's not to be, the Holy Spirit is not to be overlooked or ignored. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. He can be blasphemed. So we have to be careful and cautious about the way, not only that we talk about the Holy Spirit, but we treat, how we treat Holy Spirit. We welcome Holy Spirit. We welcome him. He's not to be ignored, and he's not just to make us feel good. Yes, he is a comforter, but also he's a guide. He is there to convict us of sin. And so we have to be sensitive to listen for the still, small voice of the Spirit of God, not just our conscience, but Holy Spirit inside of us that leads us and guides us into all truth. So Holy Spirit is for every believer. He's here for all of us. But what is the Spirit here to do? If he's here for all of us, then what was he here to do? Well, among other things, of course, he's here to reveal Jesus to us and empower us daily. So how in the world do you explain Holy Spirit? I mean, what is the Holy Spirit really like? Well, how many hours do you have (laughs) that I can tell you about him? How many days do you have that I could sit down and talk to you? How many years do I have to talk to you about who he is? Well, the Bible, I love in, in John, I think it's chapter 3, verse 8, and it says, uh, the spirit goes where he pleases, or the wind blows where it listeth, or the, that he moves among us in unique and different ways. It's his purpose. He, he's going to do whatever he wants to do because he's God and we're not. He's sovereign and we're not. But Holy Spirit is our helper and our teacher. So he does teach us. He gives us discernment. He's our guide. He's our counselor. He helps us to know the will of God for our lives. Let me tell you this, and and I, I don't have this in my notes, but I feel like I'm supposed to say this, that our world is about to experience a shaking and a sifting. And in the shifting and the sifting, there's going to come an opportunity to truly tell the world who you believe in. And I just have to say, my God didn't ride in on an elephant or a donkey. Well, he rode on a donkey, but he didn't ride in on a political, politically speaking. And, and as much as I, I, 
am so grateful for the men and women who have given their lives, and I believe it's our opportunity to vote and, and, and put forth uh, letters of, of encouragement and prayer and recommendation to our governing authorities because they're supposed to be representatives of us, so they're supposed to represent us. But I can just say, whoever you vote for, can I tell you, they're imperfect, but we can pray that God would use them for his purposes. So it's not our job to put our stock into one person as the end-all, be-all other than Jesus Christ and him alone. And, and our, our discernment through the Holy Spirit to showcase who he desires for us to vote for. And we're not even right now in an election season. I just feel like this is really important. I, I have to tell you, it's not our job to put our, uh, all of our emphasis into the stock market. It's going to go up. It is going to go down. There has historically been market corrections. Your house value will go up. Your house value will go down. And the times that it goes up, we, don't have to, we shouldn't be thanking ourselves for all of our good deeds. And when it goes down, we cannot curse God and act like he doesn't exist and freak out just because the Tao went here and the Tao went there. Our God still is on the throne. He knows how to provide. No matter what's happening in your job, your boss is not your provider. Your God is your provider. You need to understand that the things that God has given you, everything you own is on loan from God. So what we have to do is we simply say this. Not God bless me and try to grab God's hand of blessing and put it on our heads. We look for where God is blessing and then we put our head under his hand and say, God, I'll go where you go. I'll do what you do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be who you want me to be. And friends, that's when, that's when true believers begin to rise to the surface because it is not by might nor by power. The Bible says it's by his spirit. And so if we're spirit sensitive believers, what we will do is not lean into those things that move and shake. We will lean into those things that are immovable and unshakable. And that is our God and God alone and his word that has stood the test of time. So friends, you've got to understand this when it comes to when we talk about the Holy Spirit or his gifts. It's not simply that we want you to experience God because we want you to have the holy heebie-jeebies or we want you to have the hair stand up on the back of your neck or on your arms, having some emotional experience so that you can tell everybody how spiritual you are. It is truly so that we can live out the days to come that may be difficult, trying, and challenging and be able to stand the test of time, standing firm in our faith, having the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and having on the breastplate of righteousness and wearing the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth and the shoes of peace that we might reach our world that is in desperate need and is totally divided. Are you following this? The Holy Spirit is our comforter and our friend. The Holy Spirit is a warm blanket in a cold world. That's who he is. He's going to tuck you in, in bed in the nights where you want to stay awake all night and worry about what's going to happen next. Mark my words. He wants to be that, that, that comforter that comes alongside you when you're grieving or when you're struggling or when you're in pain. He's the spirit of truth and wisdom. He'll reveal truth to you that when the world is shouting lies, he'll, he'll declare truth. He'll bring you back to who you were made to be in Christ. 
Last week, I answered a bunch of questions, and one of them was, can you be Pentecostal and rational and intellectual at the same time? <laughs> because people have asked me that question, and the reason they're asking is because they're at, what they're really saying is, is, well, do you lean more into emotionalism or intellectualism? That's really what they're saying. And, and I, I would say the, the Bible proof is that you can be both because on the day of Pentecost, there was this loud sound and all this emotion, this disruption that took place in the upper room. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, the apostle Peter, who had just, you know, had this great and wonderful experience with the Holy Spirit and all this emotion that was attached to it. Now, all of a sudden, he's speaking one of the most brilliant, impromptu theological dissertations of the New Testament church that, that I would say one of the best sermons ever written was on the day of Pentecost, an impromptu speech. And thousands were saved. The Bible says that 3,000 were saved in that one moment. Friends, how many know that was a big time sermon right there that he preached? Well, he didn't do that through emotionalism. He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was empowered to use not just his, his uh, spirit language, but his earthly language to declare truth. So I think they're both important. And people have asked, well, different Assemblies of God churches, do they do it in different ways? Yeah, of course. Go to Africa right now. They'll all be jumping up and down all in unison during the worship time. Go to certain uh, Pentecostal or Assemblies of God churches in Asia, you'll hear them all praying out loud as loud as they can to the top of their lungs, all together in unison. I'm telling you, there's unique outlets, but same doctrine. There's different methodology, but same word. Are you following this? Whether it's a cowboy church in Texas, like I said last week, or an urban church in Chicago or Detroit, friends, we all have this common denominator called the Word of God and His Holy Spirit. So it wasn't about methodology, it was about theology. And the Apostle Paul in the church in Corinth had that same view. He wanted to give them instruction, right? Just like the forefathers of the Assemblies of God, they, they were hungry and desperate for the power and the presence of God, but they had to establish safeguards against potential abuses. And that's exactly what the first uh, the, the first, that first century church and the, specifically the, the church in Corinth was dealing with. But the Bible says, Ephesians 5, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That's both past and present participle. That's that they were filled back then, but they should be continually filled. And we, as believers, should be just like the disciples and be continually filled. So the most important question I think any one of us can ask is, is all this biblical, Right? And I think, first of all, we can clearly answer yes, because I've given you lots of scriptural reference for the last three weeks, and Pastor Will did as well. But it says, earnestly desire the spiritual gift, eagerly desire, vehemently pursue is another uh, way to say that. It would be the difference between me actively pursuing my wife or passively pursuing my wife. How many of you know, if I'm going to showcase the love that I have for, your, I, for her, I have to actively pursue, not just passively pursue. And the Bible talks about that we ought to actively pursue or eagerly desire the greater gifts. Well, why wouldn't you do that? Well, probably because maybe you saw it uh, in a way that was really weird or you were in a church where that, that pastor or leader didn't walk in discernment or maybe they didn't uh, follow the biblical model of the New Testament church. I mean, the, the Apostle Paul wrote far more about the abuses and setting up boundaries than he did about the blessing of the gift itself. 
So clearly there was, there was some disorder taking place in the New Testament church. And if you grew up in a, a place where that leader didn't have any kind of order within the services and everything was chaos and a circus and there was no worship or word, but there was emphasis on gifts, then the Bible talks about the significance of a service being decent and in order. And yet... He keeps saying over and over, eagerly desire this gift. Eagerly desire it. Like, like just because there's abuses. Matter of fact, the Bible even says that you should despise not prophecy. Don't despise prophecy. Why would he say that? Because it's easy to despise prophecy when the prophet's a kook. And does it out of order. Or says something weird. Or political. Or says something that is totally off. Like, you know, if we really want to go back to the, the, the old school way of doing things, we should just be able to stone every prophet that's wrong. And then we'll have no problems. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. But what I'm saying is that reverence and fear of the Lord, that when you speak on behalf of God, you know, we talk about the Ten Commandments, and one of them is take not the Lord's name in vain. That's not just saying a cuss word. That's when you misrepresent the nature and the character and the words of God by trying to steal his authority and use it to manipulate others. And that's how some have used this, that, that idea of prophecy. So even though it has been abused or misused, he says, eagerly desire, eagerly desire. He never stops encouraging them to pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit want us to do? Well, he says in 1 Corinthians that he doesn't want us to be ignorant of the gifts. So let's quickly talk about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Let's talk about it. He says, I don't want you to misunderstand or I don't want you to be ignorant about these spiritual gifts, right? That means it's possible to possess a gift and misunderstand it at the same time, meaning you don't know how to either use them or you don't fully understand them. And I've seen people who try to use this, the, the spiritual gift with the motivation of exalting themselves instead of Jesus, Later, the Apostle Paul teaches them to test the spirit within the church to see if it's functioning properly in unity and in love. 1 Corinthians 12, let's skip down to verse 4. It says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Everybody say the same spirit. Same spirit, right? Everybody will have different gifts, and we need to celebrate those unique gifts, but you need to understand the same spirit operating in each one of them. It's like when the body of Christ talks about the eye or the ear, Right? The eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you, or vice versa. Why? Because they have different and unique gifts. And sometimes what we do is we elevate, and the Bible talks about this, that we would elevate, let's say, the speaking gift, but we would, let's say, let's call it the heart, <clears throat> we would downgrade the gift, let's say, of the body, the heart. Well, how many of you know, you can do without one eye, but you can't live without your heart beating. We can't see it. We can't see our heart beating, but it's vitally important. And so it is with the body of Christ. Each one of you uniquely operating in those gifts. What, what it's like is one is the foot and one is the hand and one is the eye and one is the ear and they all work together in harmony and in unity. Different gifts, unique functions, but the same body and each one of them exalting Christ. So we don't exalt one gift over another. Sometimes we have a tendency to exalt singing or musicianship or prophecy above a gift of like serving. Do you know that there's people right now 
that are watching online in the, the kids' first ministry, kids' first junior, they're watching children, your children, for you, right? That is a gift to the body of Christ. That is a unique and special serving gift that's allowing you to be able to hear the word of God without being bothered with the momentary cries of your child. Can you just take a moment, give it up for all those right now who are watching in the, the kids first, junior, the nursery area. We love you and we thank you. You're a gift. They're using their gift for the body of Christ and they all, we all ought to function together in unity. Here, verse five, it says, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but the same God who works in all of them. So these different kinds, God, the Holy Spirit loves variety, right? You not see um, Jesus do the same miracle twice in the exact same way because God loves variety, he loves it. It's clear when you look at it in nature, in race, different races. You look at it and you can see it in the gifts. We're wired and shaped differently. And if you took Romans 12, which we talked about two weeks ago, and you let it play out, let's say, in a life group. Okay, so let's say you're in a small group, your life group, and all of a sudden someone in your life group gets sick and has to be hospitalized. And now here's what happens. The gifts in operation within your local small group or your freedom group, all of a sudden... The guy with the gift of mercy says, you know what? We ought to all get together and visit that person in the hospital. And then the lady with the servant gift says, you know what? We ought to also make some cookies. I'm going to make some cookies and bring it up when we go to the hospital to see them. And then Mr. Administration Gift says, well, you know what? We need to make sure that we do everything uh, on, on a, in a timely way. So we got to pick the dates and the time. And then we figure out how we're going to ride together. Are we going to carpool? Are we going to all go separately? And then so we can all come together, we need to make sure that we meet down in the lobby of the hospital. And then the teacher gift, someone else has the teacher gift and says, well, I'm going to bring some selected verses on healing just so that we can believe God that as we teach them in this biblical truth that they'll be able to discover divine healing and then uh, Mr. Giver the giver uh, that, that is now in the room pipes up and says you know what I think we ought to all get together put a little money in and let's raise some money so that that person we can help defray the costs of their hospital visit. And then the other person, Miss Encouragement, the, the, the encouragement gift now come, stands up and says, well, you know what? I think we should make all of this a priority, but I think it would be best if we all write a handwritten card of words of encouragement so they can see that when we leave. How many know all the same spirit, different gifts in operation? Are you following this? It's the body of Christ. We all may play a different position, but we're all working on the same team for the same goal with the same God, right? Those of you football players know not everybody on the field is a quarterback. Somebody's got to be a wide receiver. Somebody's got to block. Somebody's got to be on special teams. Somebody's got to be a running back. Each one has their unique assignment, but they're all trying to get the pigskin across the chalk line, right? Same goal, different assignment. And so it is in the body of Christ. He loves, Holy Spirit loves diversity, he says this are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of service, different kinds of working. Those three words, different words describing uh, charisma and the word deacon in, in the Greek. It talks about the, the serving gift. And by the way, the deacons here at this church are servant leaders. They are incredible. 
And they help us to guide and lead, especially in the financial decisions of the church so that every I is, is dotted and every T is crossed and everything is done with character and with integrity, that every penny is accounted for. I think it's important to say that in a world filled with a lot of misuse and abuse right now that seems to be uncovered, that I can just tell you I thank God for uh, the finance department and uh, those things where Michelle and I do not put our hands anywhere near. I'm just telling you, it's, it's important that you know those things that we're operating in integrity and with character. It's important. So he loves diversity. And, and by the way, uh, he loves unity, but it's not for uniformity's sake. You're not supposed to be cookie-cutter Christians. Everybody looks the same, talks the same, acts the same, walks the same, has the same thoughts and feelings. No, you have different backgrounds. You come from a different place. You have a different uh, way of thinking. You may have a different educational or socioeconomic difference in, in the way you were raised. But friends, you are all part of the body of Christ and you're important. And it's just like a puzzle that God's putting together. And each piece is important because if you've ever done a puzzle and one piece is missing, it will mess you up, man. If the worship team would come as we prepare to close... He loves unity. He loves unity in the power of the Spirit. Verse 7 says it like this. This is where we find the function of the gifts. Now to each one is the manifestation of the Spirit given for the common good. That, that Greek word is sumpharon, which literally means the, the Greek word is to carry the weight together, to contribute together, to bring together that it may be profitable for all. Friends, the gifts in you are designed to bring the good out of others. That we ought to carry the ministry together. Listen, my gift is not better than your gift. Your gift is not better than my gift. Our gifts to be used for the body of Christ is to bless and encourage and support the kingdom of God. Let me stop and say this. Some people believe that we are supposed to be national Christians. And what I mean by that is somehow we're just American Christians. And you know my patriotism to this country. Uh, you know how I feel about the heroes of faith that literally lay their lives on the line every day on the front lines of freedom, have spilled their blood and given their lives, many of whom are my relatives. So let me tell you something. I, I have deep honor and great respect for our military and for our country. I love this nation. Every time I leave this place and go to a different country and then return, I want to kiss the ground as soon as the plane lands. And everyone that just came back from the missions trip said a little louder amen to that as well. I love this country and I love the people that, that, that we serve alongside. I'm grateful for the, uh, the, the, the way that the democracy that God's allowed us to function in. But let me just tell you, I'm first a Christian. First. I'm not an American first. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian first. Because there's only one king and one kingdom that I'm called to serve. That means... As much as I love this nation and the biblical foundation and the moral fiber that it has historically stood for, the Judeo-Christian ethics that it's historically stood for, if our nation goes completely astray, I'm still following Jesus. I'm still following Jesus. The banner that waves over me first and foremost is, is red with the stains of the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross that gave his life for me. And without that, I'm spiritually lost. 
without the blood of Jesus Christ that covers the multitude of sins that we've all walked in. We're nothing. And so today, my hope is that you would not just pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, but that you'd also pledge your allegiance, your highest allegiance to Jesus Christ and who he is. Submit yourself to the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that they may be not only resident in your life as a believer, but they may operate through your life to reach this world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And today I want to give you opportunity that if you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you can today. It doesn't matter what sins you've committed, friend, I want you to know that your God's arm is not too short, that he can't reach down right where you're at and just pull you up from all that sin. You say, Mark, you don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't, but God does and he loves you with an everlasting love. He paid the penalty. There was a heavy price for sin. The Bible says that, that we all deserve death because of our sins. And yet, it was because of the free gift that Jesus gave to us through his death that we can now receive life. He died so we could live. And today, if there's sin that's separating you from God, look at I'm not here to judge you. Listen, it's not my heart to judge you. It's my heart to invite you into relationship with the only one who can truly set you free. Others of you in this room, you may wear that religious spiritual mask and you think you're doing a religious duty, kind of like you're doing God a favor or you're just getting brownie points with God by attending. And I want you to know, as much as it's important and biblical that you attend consistently and regularly and faithfully, I want you to know that is truly for the purpose of two things for us to gather together corporately so that we can lift the name of Jesus high and encourage one another and pray for one another. It's also to learn the word of God and to have that resident in our life so it can operate through us. But can, can I just tell you, that's not going to get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is the free gift of God. That's where eternal life is found. So today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Lord of every area every area of your life so that when the shifting sand comes and the wind and the waves come it's not going to move us we won't be moved why because we have a foundation we have a foundation it stood the test of time under crisis through persecution and through the wind and the waves and Jesus I believe is saying this to some today. We're asking God, don't let any weapons be formed against us. Friends, that's not what the Bible says. Weapons are formed. The enemy does want to have a heyday in your life and in your family, in your finances, in your future. But the Bible says that no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper. The devil can't get a foothold, friends. He can't have the last word. Jesus Christ always has the final word. And we put our hope and our trust and our faith and our confidence in the God of the universe who created us divinely and now gives us the blessing of the gifts to be used for his glory. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that we get to. We get to celebrate your goodness in this house. 
And I speak a blessing over each and every person that may be walking through crisis, trial, or struggle. And they may be asking themselves, maybe even before they walked into the doors of this church or watching online, they may be asking this very question, God, why me? Why did this happen? Or why did that happen? And and the answer is quite simple. We're still living on earth. We're not yet in heaven. And so on this earth, because sin abounds, there's trouble and there's problems and there's issues that abound with it. But where sin abounds, you said, grace much more abounds. And so we invite your power, the, the power of your Holy Spirit to come into this place, transform us by the renewing of our minds, and also that you might change us from the inside out, change our heart and make us brand new again. If you just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment, there may be some in this room or online that say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. I need to make him Lord and Savior of every area of my life. Maybe there's sins that are separating you from God. Or maybe there's things that you'd say really do not line up with the word of God. Well, friend, here's what we then need to do is repent and ask the Lord Jesus to come in and to forgive us and make us brand new. So if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. But in this moment of reflection, if that's you and you'd say, Mark, I want to be included in this prayer right now to have my sins forgiven, to have hope in heaven, to have a fresh start. If that's you, I want you to do this while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Simply slip up your hand and by that raised hand, just indicating, Mark, include me in the prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Just looking from the front to the back right now. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? That's you today. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? That's you today. Say, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Those that raise your hand, I believe God's going to do a significant work in your life. There are others of you, Christians in the room, uh, believers in this room. You love Jesus. Everything's right between you and God. But you'd say, Mark, I just need to have God's Holy Spirit come in and give me divine wisdom and discernment to bring me comfort, to bring me truth, to bring me peace. All of those things that the Bible says of the Holy Spirit, you say, Mark, I need that in a unique way during this season of my life. If that's you, lift up your hand. Come on, all over the place. So many hands being lifted right now. Yeah, God bless you. God sees you. So let's do this. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to just invite the Holy Spirit to just come into your life in a unique way right now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this house and have your way in us uniquely. Lord, that we might be used for your glory, for your kingdom's sake. God, that we might use the gifts in operation to bless not only the body of Christ, but to bless this world, to bless our family, our household, our children. And then, Lord, don't just give us a gift that will be resident for a short moment, but then fill us, Lord, as we are connected to you intimately. Lord, I pray you would put in us and cultivate through us those seeds of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Help us to function in those things that we might be New Testament believers, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, would you do this all across this house? Would you repeat this prayer out loud after me? Everybody in the room, but especially you who lifted your hands, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe 
that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up all over this house and celebrate? Come on, let's worship the King together. Come on. Will you give a shout of praise? So I throw my hands, praise you again and again. reception prepared just for you it's out these doors and you'll see on the left hand side you'll see a big sign a television sign that says guest reception and I'm going to dismiss some of our leaders right now some of our pastors they're going to make their way back there to greet you if you'll take that connect card fill it out and turn it in when you go to the guest reception we'll give you a gift for hanging out with us today and one quick reminder uh, I mentioned this previous but uh, in the month of July uh, one of the things that we're gonna do is uh, a special very strategic time of rest and refreshing and your pastors are gonna have a special time of refreshing we talked a little bit about that I'll give you more details in the days to come but also that on Wednesday night specifically, we're gonna have a time of just strategic refreshing for some of our leaders. They're gonna be coming together. And so we're gonna, not gonna have our normal Wednesday night services during that time, but we're believing God for a refreshing so that we can release strong in the fall like we've never known before. We're praying that the blessings of God pour out like never before. And we're just gearing up in prayer and preparation to believe God to do a, a, a mighty and, and powerful things in our midst. Well, here's what I'd like for us to do is just receive this blessing from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your friends, your family, your coworkers, your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing to this city, this region, and this world. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you receive that today? 
Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled week. We'll see you this Wednesday for Brotherhood and Sisterhood. God bless you. We'll see you next week.